Yeah, well, I think we kind of all knew that it was going to come. It's just a matter of when it would come. And obviously, it's it's going to be at the time when flu season is normally at its peak. So Interesting, isn't yeah. it? So, I hope you're lovely stuck in your home and, and not gallivanting different part mm. of the world, you know. Apparently, <laughs> I heard that the police is really checking on people. I I'm don't know. I don't no, know whether. No, no. Do I'm you think so? I don't know. I'm on a mission this morning. <laughs> so I put my heart on Mission Impossible for me. I got to go and get my cakes. Yeah, you again, and the cakes. again, oh again, again. You, you'll see. French cakes. Typical, yeah. typical French. Typically French. Anyway, there is an occasion. This is why we don't eat cake all the time. So yeah. Why don't we invite the main man? You know. The man. It's, it's the <laughs> main. It's going on I don't know. This morning, don't know, the main know. man. It's, it's the main. <laughs> it's the main guy. So it's like, that's why we're here this morning. It's, yeah. it's for him and the him alone. Man. So uh, why don't we bring the Lord? Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you so much for today, Father. We thank you for a new year. We thank you for a new day. Father, your word is very clear. You say to us, and it is so true that your mercies are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. And Father, we can testify of your goodness. We can testify of your faithfulness. We can testify of your mercy and we give you thanks and we give you praise, Father. Great is your faithfulness. Mm. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you so much for today. Yes, We Lord. thank you so much that it is truly through you we live and we move and we have our being. Mm. And we thank you, Father, for yet another year because we know that there are many plans in a man's heart, but it is truly your purpose yes, that prevails. Lord. So, Father, we continue to give you thanks. We continue to give you praise. We mm. continue to keep our eyes fixed on you because yes. you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And we continue to trust in you, believe in you, be obedient to the things that yes, you have Lord. called for us to do and to be, Father, because you are in control. So, Father, we thank you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. To you be the glory, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. And again, guys, again, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Um, I don't know, you know, there's quite a few things that's been happening over the last few weeks, and the Lord has been really speaking to us about the direction of, of this show and most probably the direction of what we need to take in relation to, you know, building a community uh, within a community. So we want to conclude 
over the next few weeks uh the seven letters to the seven churches i think those are very important and and, and i would encourage you if you can uh, to do uh, more research uh, on it but also if you want to go back to our podcast uh, which is available at revelationhour.co.uk uh, in that sense but also just to, to remind you that we're also available um, on facebook so you can also listen our show live on facebook and even if you were missing the live show you can always go back to it uh, on our facebook page and also we're on youtube uh, we're on twitter and we have a we have also an email address so if you needed prayer because we can pray for you as well or if you wanted to send information or maybe just topic ideas that you may have for the year that you would like us to share on uh, you can do that by email us at info at revelationhour.co.uk also you can um, join a whatsapp group um, where we um, tend to have a lot of content going through uh, in the platform as well uh, whether we stay long in the platform only god knows but uh, anyway uh, in that sense so those are the methods that you can really join us and um it's it's been nice i think it's been a, it's been a good year it's been a good year we learn a lot we uh, we really wait on the lord and and i think in mo- from the month of february we're going to be starting a new series we call the the big players and really looking at most of the organization how they're operating in this world and and how the world is changing uh and through their influences but uh, what we like to do uh, pretty much every show as we we usually do we um tend to go through uh, the news different news that's taking place all over the world so babe i just want to put it through and then you just can go through and just tell me what what you think and 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 what you would like to to cover so we mainly focusing on the christian news because we are christian obviously um but we also looking at other news as well in the world as well um and it is so in that sense as we're looking into this 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 different topic here that we we want to cover here but very briefly one of the topic that i'm looking it's just right in front of us and he says this local councils in england accused of pressuring churches to stop public worship it's 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 a, it's a big thing um let's, let's just click on it and just have a look at it what he says what's what's your take on it miles it's interesting because from the we i was just discussing with with julian yesterday actually she said mommy can you believe it's been almost a year um since we've been back and forth with these lockdowns mm-hmm. um and i said actually yeah it is isn't it mm-hmm. and um i recall at the beginning of lockdown last year for us it was it was kind of this 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 whole th- we 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 were we we kind of questioned us not gathering together mm-hmm. and where that would take us and mm-hmm. where that could possibly lead in terms of um the government and how we would gather together in the future mm-hmm. um so wh- we were looking at the we kind of mentioned at the beginning of lockdown how it could affect us wanting to gather together again mm-hmm. for many different reasons um fear um also becoming comfortable with being being meeting on meeting online for because of the the ease of use mm-hmm. um and also from the perspective of the government as well so they actually getting kind of you know getting us used to meeting online mm-hmm. um and then 
also where that could lead in the future in terms of us not having access to platforms to be able to meet together. I, I, I think that is really that is really quite a, the one of the one of the sticky points in this this online meeting at the moment. And I understand the the current circumstances and and where we are. Then we do need to meet online because the government's stating that we can't because of the virus, the spread of the virus. However, as you mentioned, you know, quite interestingly, you know, the thing is when you meet in local churches, in your local church or local environment, there is no way for the government to trace, know what you're doing and and stop you to do so because people are gathering in churches. But when now all the churches are beginning to gathering online, which is, is the way things are going at the moment, because as we look through this article, this is what is going through then we have a beyond an issue because if there's an outage of a, a, a it problem or you know yeah go further they decided for whatever reason that you know they needed to shut to shut these online services church services because it doesn't adhere with the government's ways of thinking of policies then there's a big problem. We have a problem. We have a problem. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because as we saw what happened with Donald Trump over the last few days with his comment on Twitter that ins- believe incite the riots in the capital, Twitter are banned him completely from... It's, it's, he doesn't have an account on Twitter. Facebook banned him as well at the same time. So those things can happen. You know, those things can truly happen. And and I think personally, and that, that is, that's why we, I believe we agree on that, is that We've got to begin. That's to me and you agree on that. Yeah, not everyone. Else. Not everyone. <laughs> we yeah. don't know what everyone else no, thinks. No, 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 we don't know what I, you think. But we're just, yeah. this is us too. We we got to begin to to think where does it stop? You know, and 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 that's the thing. Where where does the line stop? Where does the line stop? Instead of say, okay, government, you said this, you said that, you said this, and and because what 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 I'm seeing, and and unfortunately, I'm seeing slowly, and and maybe many don't see that they may see oh this is great opportunity we're online we can gather more people which is true which is true mm-hmm. you know more people join online you know there's that sense of be able to reach people that we couldn't reach it because of a locality because now they don't need to move from places to places to get to a church they mm-hmm. can just choose in a way it's like choose and pick their churches you know they go online they, they're going to be a series a catalog of churches online and they got to choose and pick but then it just went out another problem here, you know. How do you work out? And, and this whole element of the gathering of the sun, for me, I always, we always been at that. It's about the gathering of the sun. There's something about sense gathering together, which even though we are gathering online, there's no physical presence. Mm-hmm. That physical presence is seemed to be slowly removed from our society, which, again, we another psychological effect into it you know i mean there's layers upon layers but looking back in this article as far as the the churches were concerned the government specified did say that they if they can still attend place of worship for service but they must not mingle with anyone outside of the household or support bubble and they should maintain strict social distancing at all times so they could attend services but they have to adhere to the social distancing restriction and, and so on. Now, what's happening now, apparently now in this article, the 
council are now writing to churches strongly encourage what what do you think when you mean to strongly encourage them to shift their physical services to online services i was telling them that most definitely we would like you to do that um the thing is you know with all the countrywide rise the rise of of cases and you can understand why they are saying that but for me it's just like anything you allow it once you know and you've opened the door for Absolutely. them to actually do it time and time again um, and for them to strongly encourage you to do many other things as well um, in the name of what we're seeing now. So I think it's, you know, as we've said from before, it's something to prayerfully um, consider. And it's it's very important at this time. Every um, case is different. Every circumstance is different. Um and it's about using wisdom, godly wisdom at mm-hmm. this time in terms of this. But I think it's very important, as we've said, um, and as we've discussed from the beginning, is that we don't become comfortable <laughs> with all of this. We don't become so comfortable that this becomes our norm. Yeah. Um, and I think because everyone keeps talking about these new norms, and I think it's really important that we see it as an addition to not a subtraction from mm. do you see so it's not taking away from who we are and what we do but it's adding to what we do but it doesn't take away from the core of who we are and what we what the bible speaks about us doing that mm. is very very we've always said that it's important to do as god word god's word says absolutely i mean reverend pastor ade omabe which you know the second founder of christian concern says this it is clear that in England, the decision of whether to hold public worship is not in the hands of church leaders, which we have campaigned for since last March. Though it is good for church and local governments to dialogue, it is inappropriate for council to put pressure on churches to stop meeting as if it is their decision to make. And, and I think that while we picked up this article, because I believe this is something that's going to rage for a little while. And, and, yeah. and there's, there's a bit of a battle going on there. And also, I think there's a spiritual battle going on behind the Most scenes definitely. about this. Most definitely. And, and the question for us as, as believers is, what do we do? Mm. I think I think this is a really, really important thing to, to actually mention as well. Mm. Because what um, Pastor Reverend Pastor Ade Amaba? Amaba? says also is that he said that churches they've demonstrated their responsibility about Mm. sticking to safety measures and throughout Mm. the pandemic so Mm -hmm. they're not being irresponsible by meeting and i think that's one of the things Mm. that comes to mind when you keep hearing about churches opening Mm. why are churches opening Mm -hmm. why are churches opening well why are shops opening Mm -hmm. we're just providing a different type of service to the public Mm -hmm. which is necessary at this time Mm -hmm. taking into consideration all of the different things that we're hearing in terms Mm -hmm. of the psychological effects of covid and i think it's really really important it's we remember we know who we are as the church but the thing is it's it's also a really great opportunity as different churches have been coming together and demonstrating the 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 reason why the church exists mm-hmm. you know the the kindness and showing kindness and love and provision mm-hmm. for their for their local for the lo- their co- local communities mm. to be helping them to be an ear to hear in these times to be able to provide psychological support in these times mm. to provide st- 
care for families, you know, mm. food for families, food banks, all of these different mm. things. This is what churches are doing. So it's not as though it's it's like they're saying that churches are just opening to for people to gather together to worship and to be able just to sing well, praises. Th- that is the reason. That is one of the reasons. But churches are also open. The doors are open for people to be able to come in for it to be a place where they can actually f- get support and find peace and, and be able to actually be encouraged. And that puts, uh, again, the primary situation about pushing the churches to go online, then remove the ability for churches yes. to be involved in a community. Yes. And that is a big factor that mm. we need to take into consideration. And that's that's what we've been, we've been, you know, God has put us in place Absolutely. for that. Um, but also this is what we've been doing for so many years. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, and that's why I say it's it's about what we're doing in terms of these platforms, it has to add to and not take away, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? If it adds to, that's great. But if it takes so, something which is really such an imperative thing, mm. we're sent to the people, you know? <laughs> Go, we're sent to the people. So if we're taken out of communities, we're taken, you know, then they begin to take us, well, we've seen it on a nation level, you know, but then it's like coming down, it's filtering down, okay, let's let's take away you know, from these different areas. And if we as Christians are not seeing that and we're just allowing that, then we're in we're gonna be in a very sticky position, I think, in the future. Mm. Um so it's it's kind of almost like seeing ahead, mm. being able to to see ahead and but all as I said, using wisdom, mm. you know, getting getting divine revelation about what we ought to do mm. individually and corporately. Mm. It's interesting. This is a very interesting topic. Maybe something that we can try to, uh, you know, to cover another time. I think uh, so because I think because we've we've had many dis- discussions with many different people, and mm. and everyone has has their own. They they have their 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 own opinions on it. Obviously, as I said, because there are different. Every situation and every case is different. And some people don't want to gather together for many different reasons. Some people cannot because they're shielding. There are different in this. Mm. It's it's a real and it is a bit of a tricky one. But we're seeing it from um, the bigger picture. I think we're looking at the bigger picture going forward. And I think it's really important to actually keep these conversations going and and keep this at the forefront of our of our minds it's very important it's a very important thing mm. topic well guys feel free to to uh to share your comments um whether you're on youtube or, or facebook share your comment and, and see what you think about you know as as a church you know shall we embrace the online services or just be wary of the repercussion in the future when it comes to community those are the things that we need to take into consideration so those were the news uh, for this morning. And I think this is something that's going to be very topical over the next few weeks as we see more churches uh, really embracing the, the digital age and the, the technology that bring online services. Going back to what we'll be looking into it, um, we, we, you know, this is something which is, as we see more evidently now, the world's now seeing the future from a, from a science perspective. It, it's, it's quite interesting. To see that now everything is about data and um, you know and and the government decision, as a matter of fact, all government decisions are based on what they've seen or what they've been told, uh, in that sense. So that is a very 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 interesting. But we know where God is. You know we know that the Bible 
or revelation to see in the world it have to be from god's perspective there's not any other way to do that um especially right now and we spoke about the scriptures that speak about be sober be vigilant you know be aware of what the enemy is doing doesn't mean that we need to be afraid we just need to be aware of the devices and his plan mm. and we need to know the word you know I, I truly strongly believe that this is a season where we need to understand know the word of god and really rely on the holy spirit to guide us you know through this this season and we went beginning to look into the seven churches the book of revelation um we done a few actually you know so far we cover ephesus smyrna pergamos and um, Tyra. so we still got three more to go so we're nearly there but what we need to understand about those seven churches they were located in asia minor and we understand that jesus wrote those letters and he wrote those letters and those letters were delivered uh, in order from the ancient postal rounds. What do you mean? When the mail, when when the when the postman would go through and deliver the mail to the city, it would start in the same way that Jesus started those churches. So he would start in Ephesus and make his way to Smyrna, then go to Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. And where Jesus wrote those letters, they were addressed in the same manner as well. If you look at the book of Revelation, from chapter 2 to chapter 3, it starts with Ephesus and then go to Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and end up in Laodicea. So those are very interesting. And we also spoke that when we read those letters and we looked into details, that when we read, when we read those letters, sorry, we can apply those letters on four different levels. Number one, there were actual churches existed in those cities that were based in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey, as we see on the map here. So there was actual churches in Ephesus, there was actual churches in Smyrna and so on. Number two, this representation of the slater represent basically a message of Christ to the whole church, to the church, to the body of Christ as a whole, you know. And then we have the personal application, which is really we are the church. So when we looked into those letters and what Jesus said, we can apply those to our own life and see what's right and what is wrong as well. And the number four, what we call it is a prophetic application, is basically through those seven letters that Jesus wrote to, to, uh, to the churches, he basically depicted different stage of church history as well. Started with the church of Ephesus to the church of Laodicea, and during those period where we're looking for the prophetic application there is a different church age name the apostolic we start with ephesus you know the the church also the um persecuted church which were the time when they were persecuted by the different roman empire and then we got the, the church at the time when Constantine came and brought peace and make the church the made the, the the make christianity the religion of the roman empire so different so what i put here i put what we looked at so far here which is a very interesting so if you want you can go back to some of our podcasts on the different letters to the churches as well but we looked at those of the churches that we looked at so far 
the first church that we looked at was Ephesus, which means first love, our darling. And from the prophetic or history application, it started from 50 AD and went all the way to <coughs> 180. Now, we know that the problem that Jesus had with that church was that that church was married to the ministry and not Jesus. They left their first love. So, as we looked in that church, we understood that they were extremely busy, extremely committed church, as you said, with the community, to do things for the community. But they were so engrossed into the ministry that they forgot Jesus. And then they becoming, it's become like a work at the end of the day. And that was the church of Ephesus. That was the problem. Then the church of Smyrna, which is mere or mere or crushed, starting at 180 and end at a 330. Now, we talked about the myrrh being a burial spice which would deliver sweet perfume when it is crushed. And that church represented a time when Christians were being crushed and they were being persecuted by 10 waves of persecution of 10 different Roman emperors. And we looked into detail into those emperors who they were. And what is interesting, that even when the church was persecuted, outgunned and outlawed, they grew. Christianity grew and lived on, you know. Jesus has nothing bad to say about this church. As a matter of fact, Jesus loved that church, the Smyrna church, the persecuted church. Then we looked into Pergamos a few weeks ago, which was uh, between the period of 313 AD to 575 AD. And that's called objectionable marriage. That's what Pergamos means. Or if you can you mix marriage yeah this is where the church married to the world this is where paganism began to come into the church remember what i said satan tried to destroy the church and he couldn't destroy the church so what he decided he decided to infiltrate the church and so the church and the state became bedfellows and that is really the beginning and and as you look at it on those churches as we we looked and we're studying we find out the progression that was taking place. The first one left, left their first love, Ingros. The second ones were persecuted. But even they were persecuted, they grew. You know, the church grew. And Satan realized that. And he said, the only way to do this, what does he say? A kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. Mm. So what he decided to do, to go in the church, to infiltrate the church, to disrupt from the inside. Mm. And, you know, you think about it. Every disease... Always start from the inside. Yeah. And go disrupt the rhythm from the inside and create the disruption. And this is where, and then you see the manifestation, the physical manifestation on the outside. Mm, after it can that. take a while. Yeah, take a while. Mm. And it took a while. You look at it. From the time from 313 AD to 575, it took about 200 years to see different paganism pagan doctrine be infiltrated into the church and the last church that we looked that was before we break up for christmas was at the titera church continual sacrifice that's the word mean and that's during the period of 680 to 1580 that is a long period of time mm. when you look into it during that time and it is also called the dark ages if you want to understand that but during that time that church was bad. 
when I say it was bad, it was a bad church, you know. And this is represent the period when the Catholicism went into place. The church has grown powerful, and the church has become corrupt. We spoke about the 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 the, the purgatory. We spoke about the pettiness. We spoke about how the church make their money yeah. out of the people. How they removed the Bible from people so they couldn't read the Bible, and how the church has become the whole soul representative of God in that sense. And this is where the popes become to rise as well, and they become very corrupt and powerful. And I fully believe this is during that time that the Vatican become to grow and become very, very powerful mm. as well. And the interesting thing, what I was talking about at church is mean that they allow the Jezebel spirit and all kind of paganism entering to the church. Remember when we yeah. spoke about people were forced, they were part of a trade union mm-hmm. and in that city, they could not work unless they were part of a trade union. Mm. So they have to join a trade union in order to work. And their trade union were actually doing a lot of sacrifice. They were doing a lot of sexual sin orgies were taking place. And Jezebel, this, the lady that was running that church at the time and was a prominent leaders of the church, not the pastor of the church, but as prominent leader of the church, we're encouraging the believers to join the trade and to let them know that it's okay, God will forgive you. So that's how the church has become very mm. corrupt and very powerful in essence. And as you look at it, it's a very, very long period of time. So during the 680 all the way to 1580, we have seen the church grow, but the Catholic church grow doctrine be changed obviously through the paganism from the church of pergamos but most importantly becoming powerful and becoming very very corrupt there's a reason why jesus sent us letters to churches and really to show us what we need to do truly so that goes to us to begin to start our next church which is a church in sardis now, this is a scripture found in Revelation chapter 3, 1 to 6. Would you like to read it, Moss? Mm-hmm. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. Therefore if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Interesting. So that is the next church uh, that we're talking about. Now, you know the pattern. You know, we spoke about the... Condemnation, the, the, the represent, you know, he started by giving a description of himself, mm. then he tell the church what is right, then he tell the church what is wrong, mm. and then he asked the church to repent, and then he give them a motivation, you know, in that sense. So, in verse 1, 
we see this. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, which is speaking to the pastor of the church in Sardis, these things say, he who has the seven spirit of God and the seven star, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. That is stray. That's Jesus going straight to the point. You know, like sometimes you like to be straight with me. This is how he does. <laughs> straight to the point. You know, I know that you have a name. You have a reputation. People say that you are a, a, a church which is alive. But I'm telling you, you're dead. That is the first verse one. It's giving it already a condemnation. And then verse two, he goes to say, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your work perfect before God. So in verse 2, he's giving in a correction. Then he goes on, on verse 4 to 5 to, sorry, verse 2, 3, is giving a correction. Verse 4 to 5, he, he begins to give them a challenge. He's challenging them to change, you know. And verse 6 is the call. But you find out that Jesus always starts, and he's very strict with that church. You know, some, some of the church start by giving a description of himself and telling them, for example, Church of Ephesus, you got a lot of description about what they're doing right and so on. He says here, I know your works. He knows every works. And he says this, that you have a name that you're alive. Name here is reputation. I know that you're known for to be a, a, a church, a lively church, a live church. But I'm telling you, you're dead. That's a very, very powerful, that's mm. a very, very powerful mm. message. And when we looked to apply this into our own personal life, or even, yeah, let's say to uh, apply in our own personal life, sometimes we think that we're alive. You know, people outside say, oh, this guy is so spiritual. Yeah. He's so spiritual. Yeah. But yeah. God said you're dead. It's powerful. And that is, is, that is a real message that we need to understand there. So, as I said, he began to open a description of himself. He said, this thing say, he who has the seven spirit of God and the seven stars. Before we find out what was the problem of the church, he started with this. The seven spirits of God. That found in the book of Isaiah 11, 1, 2. There shall come forth a rod from the steam of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's seven spirit characteristic. So what Jesus is doing here is describing himself Using the seven spirit of God, which is fear of the Lord, might, understanding, wisdom, counsel, knowledge. And we know that the number seven here means completeness, perfection. And this is a reference to the sevenfold work of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. And he's speaking to the speaking to to um to the church in Sardis and this is what he says to them he says to them who have the seven spirit very interesting 
but what i'm really really looking into is that i know you work that you are a name that you are alive but you are dead what was the problem of this church well, they had a reputation but they weren't they weren't displaying who god is and wh what god sent them there yeah for. they would not allow the holy spirit to move mm. in their midst that was the problem of the church they would not allow the work of the holy spirit in that church they were cutting themselves out of the holy spirit which we know that as the book of Isaiah display, this is the spirit that mm. works in the life of Jesus. Jesus will not move without the Holy Spirit. Mm. But they were cutting themselves out of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So they were cutting out of the, the, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of mind, the fear of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding. They were cutting themselves out of those seven. This is what he says, you know, this thing says he who has the seven spirit of God and the seven stars. And it's a quite interesting to think that our church have to have those spirits in activity. Jesus, that was the seven, mm. that was what Jesus was, you know, displaying. displaying. And what he did. That's what right. He, how he worked. That's but this church was suddenly cutting himself out of the holy spirit the presence of the holy spirit and that's why jesus said that you are dead mm. to the world you're alive but to me you are dead because there's no presence of the holy spirit there you remove the holy spirit from that church and we've seen sometimes you're not guided by the holy spirit during your services the worship is not guided by the Holy Spirit through those services. So the Holy Spirit can't flow freely in the midst of the people. Mm. Because the people are blocking the Holy Spirit to move in. To display those characteristics, To release the power of God. And that's why you find sometimes in churches there's, there's no life. There's no power. There's nothing. Because of the Holy Spirit is not able to work freely in the midst of the people. It's very interesting because I was reading a book from John Bevere. And, you know, and in his book, he was at the beginning of this book that was called The Fear of the Lord. And he was talking about going to church and he couldn't sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. He couldn't sense it at all. I remember that. Yeah. And we know when we're ga gathering in prayers, we, we know when the Holy Spirit moves. We know when he's here. There's a... There's a, a, a way when we begin to pray, when the spirit is really moving, that there's, there's a power that comes mm, with him, that release, that mm. really gather people praying even more, you know, and mm. you find that sometimes become louder, you know. It's not because people want to be loud. It's just the spirit is moving, mm. you know. When a pastor is preaching and, and he's coming, suddenly he goes, you know, you know that the spirit is moving. Anointing. You know, the anointing is moving, the power. Because he allowed that to do. So the problem here was not only addressing the congregation, but it was addressing the pastor of the church. Because it's the pastor who lead that church. He's got to allow the Holy Spirit to move in. And that was the problem with Sardis. That was, that was the problem with Sardis. They would not allow the Spirit to move. Now, looking into the background of, of, of Sardis, 
very interest interestingly uh, when we look into this Sardis was a very very important city and was capital of the kingdom of Lydia and that was located in uh, western Anatolia I'm not going to go to uh, too much detail into this but it was you know it was it was a good city and and the city um the, the life of Sardis began on the hilltop of citadel so you can see all the hilltop as well so the way it was built so very very differently and the city developed into a two-part town the lower town as you can see some of the pictures here the lower town uh located there was along the bank of the the river called Pactolus river that's where the normal people will live the ordinary citizen will live yeah like your normal people you know that's where they will live in a lot in lower part of the city on the upper part the upper town that was for the rich one the wealthy citizen that was for the royal members and that was for the palace and uh they said that the lower part was made of many, many houses, made of reeds from the river with no surrounding wall at all. And they said that the population was soft and faint-hearted. And they said also that the importance was due first for its military strength, secondly to its situation of an important highway that was leading. So there was a highway that would allow people to come in. But this city was located in a way that it was extremely, extremely fortified, especially from the upper town, where the king was living, the palace and the royal and all the rich people there. And I don't know if I remember, in a, and I told you this, this story before. I don't know if you remember that story. Uh, I mentioned that to you before. Now, there was a, a king at the time that, wa that was living, and um, this king was the richest man at the time um on earth and he's the one we begin to introduce coins of pure gold and silver and that was king Croesus. it's a very important now in 545 before christ the city was prospering they had gold and silver as as you can see and because of his geographical position it was impossible for the city to be besieged it was impossible for people to take on the city and it was a very 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 wealthy city they said the hill at steep side and because of that the king become very very confident that nobody would be able to take it and uh, king cyrus do you know king cyrus mm. king cyrus decided that he wanted to take that city so he started a siege in 574 before Christ, before christ on that city and as he become to make a siege he realized that they there wasn't enough defensive wall as i said protective the lower part of the city so they managed to get into the city which i think that whoever just created a city i don't think it was a worst choice but obviously they were only protecting the rich people mm. and quite happy to let the poor people just suffer in essence. So they went into the lower part of the city. And what happened is the king, 
crisis, he retreat to the upper part of the town. And now what happened is the Persians were controlling the lower part because there was no resistance, there was no guard, there was no war. So they had control of the lower part, but they wanted to get to the upper part. So they were trying to find a way to get to the upper part. But as I said, because of the way the town was built and the way it was, it was very difficult to penetrate. You wouldn't be able to penetrate straight. So they, they, they were thinking about finding a way to do it. And one evening, King Cyrus says to people, you know, whoever find a way to get into the upper town, you get, you get a reward or something. So soldiers were looking everywhere. And one evening, one of the Cyrus soldiers, he was looking at a hill and a city, and he saw a soldier from Sardis dropping his helmets and he fell into a crack. When he came to retrieve it, he discovered that it was a way in via the crack into the upper town. So what he did, they went through the crack into the city. But guess what? They found no mm. one at the gate. Yeah. No soldier at the gate. No one guarding. They were not guarding anything because Sardis were so confident that they couldn't be penetrated from the upper town that they didn't, they didn't even, even bother to put a guard there to keep the citizen. And eventually, do you know what happened? Mm -hmm. You know, King Cyrus took the city that same night. He took everything that same night. They thought they were safe, but they were not safe. And obviously, what happened 300 years later, the city was again captured in the same way was captured back in size by the Roman Empire. So obviously they haven't learned the lesson. Mm. See, what we got to understand about this city and the people of Sardis, they were arrogant. They were prideful. And because of that, that was a downfall. And when you think about it, when Jesus is speaking about the church in verse 1, and he said, you are proud to be alive. You have a reputation to be alive. And they were pride to be alive. They were priding themselves to be a, an, a good church, a, a powerful church, you know, very active. The people love the church. You know when sometimes you go to this church, you say, oh, this is such a good church. This is such a good church. And they were priding themselves of this. But because of that, they were not guarding the church. The pastor wasn't guarding the church the way he should. And they left the Holy Spirit at the door now one of the things that god mentioned about the church Sardis, he said this is a dead church oh a church was asleep and mars think about it how many church do you think can go into that category or at time fell into this way of being dead or asleep oh many many nowadays we're actually um we're encouraged to to be able to do things and without by our own might and power but not by the spirit of god right that's right that's right so they were dead and as i said before they had a reputation you know good reputation um th this is a church that everyone wanted to be part of i remember back in the back in 2000 the, the early 2000 in in after, just before i became a christian and just before i joined clf um I was seeking and there was a church that everybody wanted to be part of you know every people i heard that's the only church that we mentioned in london it was tottenham court road i think they had a uh, um um they had a um yeah they they had a site in tottenham control was the hillsong church 
everybody wanted to be part of it that had a wonderful reputation and 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 i you know i was i was intrigued i was intrigued um but god led me to a different church and i'm still in the same church today praise god for that but what i'm trying to say is sometimes you know church with reputation are not necessarily the best churches to go to not necessarily so this is what's happening so it was a church that had a reputation but that church you know they were not led by the holy spirit and that was a problem now i want to talk to you about i'll talk to you about something babe have you heard of the seeker friendly churches yes yes what, what do you know about it i think i mean it's, it's as it says isn't it so you make it friendly for the people who are seeking god so it's about making it entertaining making things look nice making it comfortable so it's just like i mean as you would yeah so it's just it's just a friendly place for people to come so it's more geared towards the way the world would kind of do things mm-hmm. um and so therefore people feel comfortable when they come and it, and it feels familiar to them certain things feel familiar but it's it's more so in terms i think about the entertainment um and making um kind of having a gentler approach uh, not being so radical i would say um so yeah 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 absolutely well they 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 focus on innovation and they they reach out to people with traditional religion and they've got people style religious entrepreneur they they use sophisticated business technique to create a product a spiritual product for people basically you know now they're talking about members they call them clients you didn't know that no. no yeah that's how they do it. they call them clients you know and uh and their approaches they offer a, 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 a package with great performances you know they, they have to reinvent themselves all the time so when i say that i'm looking at you know sometimes those churches with big lighting and 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 smoke screen as a worship team are coming and and performing and, and so on it's a really attracting the world now the message is very simple what they want to do they want they believe and that that started in the in century they, they were model on church growth teaching seminar offered by church leaders at willock creek community church at chicago and saddleback church you know what saddleback church is mm. you know yeah what was this guy my name we spoke about him is it austin is it joel austin joel austin so they, they are the technique so for them it's prioritizing prioritizing people coming into the church rather than the word and that's what's been happening when you look at churches now seeker friendly churches they offer something that the world want to have something that the world wants to see the message as well is very diluted it's a lot about prosperity it's a lot about what you can gain it's not about what god can do for you mm. but not so much about repentance not so much about the gospel, the gospel. Yeah. and and that is the problem that we find it it's like now the holy spirit is not moving in those churches it's not moving because because of that reputation because of doing things to attract people into the kingdom of god using different type of technique into the kingdom of god when we look into the last church of Laodicea, we go into more detail 
into the 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 the, the, the friendly seeking churches but that is really the movement that has begun and is really moving into this and and i think that that is a very dangerous that was the problem of the church the problem of the church is there was no presence of the holy spirit in the midst and that for me that was always dangerous mm, i think also it's, it's quite interesting you're talking about this so just at the moment i'm reading a book called the seduction of christianity mm. it was written in 1985 actually but it speaks of all of this but also it, it it's 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 not only a dilution of the word it's also pollution That's i would right. say a pollution of the word and and of the people of god because when you actually look at um some of the churches the word is mingled it's just mingled with all sorts of different things mm. new age things um all of all of these different idolatry um as we've talked about prosperity preaching mm-hmm. um letting people we're looking at ourselves rather than looking mm. and trusting in god Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things and, and really adva- looking at the kingdom and the gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really, it, it's interesting to read, um, an interesting read, but also as we as I've been reading it, just to see the things that were written in the book, mm-hmm. you could just literally, you really, really see them, the manifestation of those things mm-hmm. and the word coming to pass really in the times that we're mm-hmm. in. Absolutely, absolutely. And right, when we look at Sardis, for example, you know, they, they were so busy, you know, doing things and, and trying to entertain, I would say, and please the world that they forgot that they were coming out of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, their works, the deeds that were doing for God, they were doing that for the world. And, and that is the problem. And that's the church's thing. As you said, you mentioned about the different doctrine that's been infiltrating, mm. the pollution that's been infiltrating. Mm. And that's because they left the Holy Spirit at the door. Mm they stop looking into the Holy Spirit, you know? And and, and it's, it's sobering when you think about it. And, and you know, we're looking in this Sardis church and sometimes we've got to look at ourselves, you know? Yeah. We've got to look at ourselves and thinking, mm. have we left the Holy Spirit yeah. behind? Yeah. Have we worked with the Holy Spirit mm. all the things that we're doing? Are we doing yeah. it for ourselves? Yeah. Or are we serving God or are we serving ourselves? Mm. Are we serving or pretending to be spiritual to make us look like that we are spiritual or we are actually out. It is such a such a system. When you think about thing, you remind me a lot of the story the the, the 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 Pharisees and the Sadducees in the time of Jesus, you know. When they were acting, they were super spiritual, you know, mm. by doing the act, you know, to please mm. men. Yeah, whitewashed tombs, right? You know. And that's what Jesus was referring mm. to them about when you pray, when you're fast. When you give, that's mm. how you need to do it. Mm. Don't do like the Pharisees. They have the reward already because you're looking for the approval of men. And that was the prime with Sardis. They were now doing things for the world. They were not serving the world with the word of God. They were now pleasing the world. Not pleasing God. Yeah, and not pleasing God anymore. That's and that was a problem. It? So they're not pleasing to God. You know. Yeah. And one of the things that I mentioned, for example, is that in those services the messages was not focused anymore on the gospel or focus on repentance or focus on what you know of here yeah, on repentance and seeing and, and working through salvation. It was not focusing on what God can give you. 
pastor will say, look, I'm blessed. You can be blessed as me. And that's why you begin to see this. And you find out that when we look in the last church, it will become even more evident, the church of Laodicea, which is lukewarm, even worse than that. At least what Jesus says here, when you look in the scripture, even the church was said to him he was dead, he was still saying mm, to strengthen, strengthen the, the thing which remains. So there were still yeah. things there that they could, could return. Yeah. So it's talking about like a resuscitation here. You know somebody when he nearly dead and, and you got mm. to pump his heart or you're using the electric things to resuscitate mm. him. And that's what Jesus was saying. Strengthen the thing that's there. Mm. Resuscite the thing that's still there. So they can, that thing, when it resuscitated, it can grow, Mm. you know. And so even though the church was dead, there was still something there that you can work with. And that is, that again, is Christ giving us hope. Mm. That even when you look like that you left the Holy Spirit, there's still something there. Just, you know, strengthen that thing. Strengthen that thing. He said, remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. So it's got to tell the church, remember where you came from. Remember who the Holy Spirit. Remember how the Holy Spirit guided you where you are today. Because that reputation that you got is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in the beginning. You didn't get that reputation yourself. The Holy Spirit guided you. And because it guided you, the power of God was moving in that church. So people were coming in the church. Remember that. Remember the word I was speaking to you. Remember the things that you have. And that's what Jesus was, was telling to this church. So, even though the church was dead, Jesus was still asking them. And again, he was asking the church to be watchful. And in, in reverence, in, 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 uh, in, in looking at Saudi city, as you, what did I say? They were soft and fun-hearted. They were not watchful. Mm. They left the city unguarded. And what Jesus was saying to the church, be watchful. And I think today, we need to be even more watchful than we've been before. We need to be very watchful what God is doing in our life and be watchful what's taking place around us. Be watchful and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in this season where we are. Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah. And that's the thing. So he goes, he said, wake up, strengthen the thing that's still alive, remember, repent, and recover. Those are the things that when I look into the scripture and when I look at Sardis, even though they were dead, there is still something there that could be, wake up. It's time to wake up. And I think God's telling us to wake up. Mm. For some of us, he's telling us to wake up. He's been telling us for a while, yeah, hasn't he? Just to wake up. So very important. So now, when we look for the prophetic, um, and I would say the... Um, Prophetic application, which is a, the, the other level to watch um, this, which is a very interesting. It happened, that speak of the Reformation period between the period of 1.5 to 1880. Do you know a little bit about the Reformation period? Not much. Well, this is a very important Actually, period. I do, yeah. What, so what do you know about it? About the times when... The, the different people who came, um, Luther was one of them, mm-hmm. and they came and they began to actually stand because you were talking about the fact that 
the Bible was taken away from the people that's and they right. wouldn't actually they weren't able to read the Bible themselves and mm-hmm. you know that's when different people were put into positions to read the Bible for the people and they would actually deliver the word mm-hmm. to the people but this is when people these people began to read the Bible for themselves mm-hmm. and they began to see that there were particular conflicts in what was being taught that's and right. they began to question it and then they began to teach on it to the people and they began to actually then take then stand up against the people who were in power Mm -hmm. and begin to question um all of these things and this is how particular reformations came that's right and that's absolutely right and one of the guys who sparked this 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 reformation um was um john wycliffe Mm. john wycliffe was born in 1320 and died in 1384 and he was a theologian, um, an early proponent of reform in the Roman Catholic Church during the 14th century. He's the one who initiated the first translation of the Bible into the English language. And he's based to be, he's supposed to be, how people say, he is the, the, the precursor of the uh, Protestant Reformation. Mm. You know, And the interesting thing, and his mission was very, very, very simple. It was to bring the Bible to the masses. Mm. And as you say, the, the Catholic Church took the Bible away. So they were the one, the leaders of the Catholic Church were the one reading the Bible. So people pretty much didn't know anything about it. And most of the Bible was written in Latin, Latin anyway. Mm. So people, did, that was a dead language. So people really did not understand that. But John Wycliffe received that. And truly, he went through some serious stuff to go through it. And uh, it, it just... He went through England where people now, they were asking, they want to get back to the Bible. So there's a couple of guys that were working as well to see the Reformation, John Huss and Hugh Latimer, and they got they got, ex- they got executed for that. So there were certain things that was taking place. Mm. Execution, it's not like, you know, I want to bring the Bible to the masses and I'm going to do it. They, went some, they faced some serious persecution mm. and someone they got executed. But John Wycliffe was so so hated by Rome that also Rome was restraining his lifetime from arming him. The church could not let his bone rest in peace. They said in October 8, 1427, another of the Council of Constance, um, the same council that burned John us as a stake, asked for Wycliffe's body to be exhumed. His bone burned and the ashes tuned on the river Swift. <laughs> this is how bad they saw this guy. But he just transformed everything. Another guy, which you mentioned, is Martin Luther. And I think many of people know him. Born in 1483, um, he was a German monk who became the father of the Protestant Reformation. And he's, he's most widely known for criticizing aspects of the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. And he actually believed that it was the Bible and not the Roman Catholic Church which was the source of legitimacy for interpreting the word of God. So he was adamant that the leaders of the Catholic Church, they were not the representative, but the Bible, the word of God Mm, was the the final authority Mm. in that sense. And he became very prominent as well. And as you said, he rose to prominence. Now, what we understand that is that the Protestant movement was spreading very very fast and 
few different other names as well that came into the mist. Um, John Calvin, mm. for example, um, which was another one. And also Ulrich Zimbli, as a, another one. I can't pronounce his name properly. It's got an interesting name. But those okay. guys were spreading the Protestant movement. And the Protestant movement rose from Calvinism and Lutheranism, Presbyterian movement, Methodist movement from John Wesley. So it started to move very, very dramatically in that sense. And from a movement, this became monument. And from monument, unfortunately, this became museum. And this is where you got to be very careful here. And, and I'm going to say, say that to you as well. Is that when you start a movement, they started with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving strongly. And that movement grow. Grow dramatically. What's happening sometimes and what people fail to realize is that when this movement's growing it's become big, they want to structure this yeah, movement. They want to begin to structure, mm. they want to begin to put some regulation yeah. around this movement. Mm. And by beginning Contain. to put regulation around this movement, they are not allowing the Holy Spirit to move freely. Mm. So this movement become monuments. They become huge. You know, as you saw, Calvinism, Presbyterian, Methodist, and so on, they grew stronger. Mm. But when you think of how they started, they started from the Holy Spirit speaking to those people to bring the Bible back to the masses. But then, as they grew over centuries, it became monuments to the point that the Holy Spirit was left at the door, to the point that now it became a museum. And you find out that a lot of the churches now they use as a museum. Not mm. people really attending the churches anymore. Those big buildings that was erected in honor of the movement have become museums, have become places when it's empty because the presence of the Holy Spirit is not there. Yeah. And that was the problem with Sardis. It started with a movement that grew so big because the Holy Spirit was moving to the point that they left the Holy Spirit at the door. And that just created this problem. And that was the problem with the, the Protestant reform. It moved very greatly. And that's what it's called Protestant. They're protesting against the mm. Catholic system. That's what they call Protestant. But from great men that started this movement, such as John Wycliffe or Martin Luther or John Calvin, even John Wesley after, mm. it grew to a point that, unfortunately, this movement became too big and they took the Holy Spirit out of it. And that's the problem. You think it today, Protestant church has no room for the Holy Spirit. And even some of the churches are allowed homosexuality to seep in. And that shows you why Jesus wrote those letters to the churches. There's so many things that we can learn from every letters that we learn so far. And that's, that's what happened. So that is the church of Sardis in a nutshell. Interesting, isn't it? Sure is. Sure is. It's just a reminder that I believe God is raising a remnant. Mm. You know, and we want to make sure that this remnant of people remain guided by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Otherwise, what will happen as this movement grow, as this remnant grow, as the God is moving in for people, and if we're not careful, we begin to structure this, mm. we're going to end up like the Protestant movement. 
I truly believe what we are seeing, we are seeing a move of the Holy Spirit this year and over the next few years. Many pastors have predicted what was going to happen. You're going to see a harvest, but you're going to see not only a harvest, you're going to see people harvesting the harvest. You're going to see a lot more people involved in bringing soul into the kingdom of God because the Holy Spirit is going to move tremendously among his people, among the remnant, and he's going to release his power and he's going to release his spirit as well. He's going to release his power, his anointing among the people. But as we move with the Holy Spirit, we've got to remind ourselves to let the Holy Spirit do the move. Mm, sometimes we power. like to sometimes we like to move. Uh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Yeah. Says the Lord. Yeah. Why don't we pray? <laughs> Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for yet another wonderful revelation from your word. Mm. Father, we just pray that as we meditate on your word father we will you will continue to give us more revelation of your truth mm. father i pray that in this time we will not be deceived father by the different things that are taking place around us father that as your marcus said that you truly are preparing your remnant church mm. in order to be a true representative of you mm. of you of your heart of your love for your people father i just pray that you will continue to have your way mm. let us not try and contain you holy spirit because you cannot be contained mm. you know let us not try and and control and organize and and do all of those things that you have spoken to us about not doing let us not be a dead church let that not be us that is not our portion we pray in jesus name but Father, we just pray that as we have learnt from the Church of Sardis today, Father, that you will continue to give us revelation so that, Holy Spirit, we will allow you to work through us freely and we will continue to walk with you, trusting you and knowing that you are the one who is truly in control of everything. Mm. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise for this time pray for every single person listening that you will have your way in with and through them yes Lord. we pray for a fresh outpouring of your holy spirit and we thank you for the move of the holy spirit that mm. we will be still and we will be ready to receive mm. that which you have for us father we give you thanks and we give you praise that is not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Mm. We thank you, Father, when we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Mars, for that. Next week, we are going to look into the... the we've got two more church left now. Two letters Ooh. left. We've got Philadelphia and Laodicea. So next week, we'll be mm. looking... I really love going through this. It's just... It is, it's, uh, it's this, just there's so many so many things yeah. that we're learning from yeah. it and, and yeah. really to apply and as I said the very important thing is to be able to apply those mm. letters on four different levels understand that yes there were churches in those days yes he applied to the church as a body of Christ but also personally in your own personal life mm. you know when we look at Sardis for example you don't want the Holy Spirit out of no. it you don't want the Holy Spirit out of your life you mm. want it in all the time but it is easy to seep into a, a worldly 
way to do things yeah. because of a reputation and because our people see mm. you it's very easy and we saw that we saw this all those churches we got to realize they all start in a way most a lot of them were planted by people that knew paul or peter you know you got to remember that a lot of the churches you know polycarp for example the smyrna church mm. you know and all those churches are starting well but what's happening is some of them stay well other did not and that's what Jesus was sending those slaters mm. to to remind them, you know, of the things that they didn't write. And this is why Jesus always starts with a description of himself. Then yeah. he goes on to tell the church what is right about them, except obviously the church of Laodicea, because there was nothing right to say about that church, which is scary because the last church, which is a church where we are at the moment. When we're talking a church and when we look in the form of prophetic application, church history mm. is talking about the church of the 21st century. So that 20, uh, 20, 21st century, I would say. Mm. So that is really quite scary when you think about it, you know. But for us, the important thing, and as I said before, I felt in my spirit that we needed to understand history, but we also needed to understand the church as well so we can begin to understand what God is doing with us now yeah. for what the age to come. You know, we can call ourselves the remnant or God's raising a remnant, but what does he raise a remnant? What God needs to raise a remnant? Because the actual church doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So God asked now to begin to raise people within the church that sold out for Christ so he can use them to bring the harvest. Remember, it's about souls. It's yeah. always about the kingdom of God. Bring the kingdom of God on earth. It's always about being souls be added into the kingdom. Mm. But as you saw with the friendly seeker, friendly churches, they use the numbers. So they want add soul into the kingdom at every cost. But when you think about it, and I'm going to go a bit deep on this, when you think about it, the reason they're doing this, some of the reason, some of the churches are really doing this, ching ching. More believers coming into the church, more tithe, more offerings. Mm. And you you gotta be you gotta be real. You gotta be real. Sometimes they're doing it not for the kingdom. They're doing it because they bring other type of things that they want. Oh, that's why we need Holy Spirit. Absolutely, Lord, Lord help us. Absolutely, Lord really help us all. Absolutely, help us all, really. it's so important. This yeah. season is very important. I truly believe this year and over the mm. next two to three years, you know, we we watch um a, a video from a prophet. What's his name again? Is it tell me Abiyomi? Yeah. He was mentioning a lot of things, but one of the things that I feel that the Holy Spirit is really imprinting in my heart is this time, timing of things. He spoke about nine years for the church, nine years for the church to get back to where they're supposed to be. And during that time, I believe over the next two to three years, you are going to see people rising up. You know, And people, when I say rising up, people sold out for Christ. They will literally move with the power of God, but not most importantly, they also will move with the fruit of the spirit you know and they will be able to bring many people into the kingdom right now there are the people here who are locked like we all are but we don't have a wife husband family around and they're on their own they're suffering from mental health because of being on their own no one to reach no one to talk to and i believe that god is going to raise a remnant of people that will be able to reach out to them you know the online services won't be enough for them because they will need a real presence. And that is important. So, I don't know. The Holy Spirit just released something. So, I have to, I have to let, it, let it talk. But that's it. So, next week, 
we're going to be looking um, into the church of Philadelphia. This is a wonderful church. You know, that's the second church that Jesus really have nothing wrong to say about our church. It's called also the missionary church. This is where the missions begin to move. Yeah. You know, and this is a very good. So please, guys, stay tuned for next week, next Saturday. Same place, same time, 10 a.m. Ciao, everyone. Bye-bye.